0: We now begin the fifth parak Maseh Hashgalim, parak K. This is a simple and fascinating parak that describes the administration of the Beis HaMikdash. Here in the first mishnah, we're going to list the 15 roles that various people filled in terms of the function of the Beis HaMikdash. And each one will give them a name, like a person's name. And there's a couple of pshats on what this means, because the Beis HaMikdash, of course, which we're talking about Shani now, was extant for 420 years. And therefore, of course, it wasn't one person who filled this role for all those years. Um, so either it means that the name we're given is the first person or the most prominent person who ever filled this role. And according to some, actually, once a person in subsequent generations filled that role, he took on the name of the old person. He's the guy who did it and he sort of took on the name, as you see in many times in Chazal in, uh, and certainly in the Tanakh. People change the name over time to fit an appropriate name. And while that seems a little bit uncommon to us, certainly it was the case in, say, European monarchies or series of popes and that kind of thing. When when a person took on the role as the emperor or the king or the pope, he would take on a name that was from a previous emperor or king or pope um, to fit the bill, even though his personal name at that time was something totally different. So that's what's happening over here, according to some. Whatever the case, there are fifteen roles here. We're going to give them names. The names are, of course, are not unessential, um, but the roles are certainly um, fascinating and important to understand how the base English functioned. And here they are: Elohen Hamumunin Shaiyabim Mikdash. These are the following um, fifteen positions, as they were appointed in the base Mikdash. They had to operate there. The first is Yochanan Ben Pinchas Chosamos. Yochanan Ben Pinchas was the person in charge of the vouchers, as we'll see in the third and fourth Mishnah of this parak. Peric- there was a voucher system set up where people could essentially give money, get a voucher, and then use the voucher to purchase nesachim, the accompaniments to their korbanos. Typically, olos and shlomim need nesachim. That includes both wine as well as um, flour mixed with oil. And there was this voucher system. More on that a little later in the parak. Achia al-Nesachim. And achia was the person who took those vouchers and then gave the person the nesachim they needed. Again, we'll discuss that more in the third and fourth mission of the parak. Matissia ben Shmuel, ala This was the role that was, a pious is like a lottery. And if you learn Mesachas Yomo, you'll see that um, there were typically more kohanim than there were jobs for the kohanim to do. Even though, first of all, there are who knows how many thousands of kohanim in Klai Yisrael, they're divided up, um into 24 mishmaros 24 groups and then that mishmar would just serve for one week in rotation um, and then even the mishmaros were divided into 6 or 7 batei av each base av would serve for one day but even so if you imagine that in the show there are 24,000 kohanim which is perhaps an underestimate but let's say so then that means on average each base each each um mishmar had a thousand kohanim, and then each base of had like 150. So on any given day it's just it was just you know on the Tuesday, this base of of this mission I was serving, that's like 150 people there to serve. There weren't 150 unique jobs and therefore they had like a lottery system, as detailed a little more in the masoma like I said, um, to to determine who would get the job of doing the taking the ashes and bringing the various things around the base of Mikdash offerings and so on. So the person in charge of administering that, reminding them what to do, and so on, was this role, um, which is, uh, I guess, personified or identified as the role of Matiasia ben Shmuel. Next you have Pesachia, alakinim. Pesachia was in charge of the birds. A cane is a, literally means a nest, but it refers to a pair of birds. Certain people, um, such as the Zav, the Zav us, need to bring a pair of birds, and um Pesach was in charge of giving the birds rather than bringing birds to the base of English, which, which I'm sure would be rather tricky. The base of English provided um, a, kind of almost like a like a vending machine, if you will, where we'll see more as we get into the sixth parak about this. You put money in, and then they took care of the birds for you. So that was Pesachia's role. Now the Misha says, Pesachia ze the Pesachiah of our Mishnah, and that was his name, uh, is the same person as Mordechai, meaning Mordechai from the Mordechai and Esther story of Purim in the Megillah. Um, and also he's the Mordechai Bilshan in, say, for Ezra and the Chemiah. If his name is Mordechai, so why do we call him Pesachiah over here? Now, the word Pesachiah is like two words smushed together. Pesach, Poseach, has to open up, and Ka, Yudke, is Hashem's name, like one who... Opens up Hashem's things, shahaya poseach Bdavarim. He would open things up, mysterious things, v'dorshen and explain them, expound upon them, v'yodeya shivim lashon. Not only was he super sensitive in terms of in his intuition and ability to understand things, um, he actually spoke seventy different languages. Um, yep. Bilshon, by the way, is uh, understood to be like a nucher like a combination of the words bolel lashon. He could combine languages because according to some, everyone in the Sanhedrin spoke 70 languages, in which case um, he was unique in his ability to combine those languages um, and uh, and use them sort of interchangeably and in combination. Next, the Misha says, is Ben achia al Cholim Ben achia was in charge for the uh, stomach ailments. The Kohanim had to serve under less than ideal conditions in terms of health. First of all, they had to walk around barefoot. Yerushalayim is cold in the winter. The floor in the basement is just made out of stone. It rains, it snows sometimes. Um, so that's not great. And also their clothing was specific, just the four vestments they're allowed to wear, which is rather thin. Clothing, linen clothing, whatever, not much to keep them warm. And on top of that, they had heavy demands to consume the meat that was offered. There's requirements not to leave meat over. So if there's a lot of carbonos, it means a lot of meat consumption. And that didn't help things um, to gorge on the meat. And then finally, they didn't get to um, drink wine as they were used to, Koanum can't be on service and drink wine. They have to drink straight water. And in antiquity, people liked to drink um, at least mildly alcoholic beverages like wine, beer, ale, meat, and so on uh, because the alcohol inhibits pathogens whereas straight drinking water oftentimes could give other kinds of gastric problems. So therefore, this Ben was like the doctor on staff there to take care of their ailments to get them, to buy them the first century equivalent of Pepto-Bismol. Chofershichen, was in charge of um, digging the trenches, the ditches. This is referring to making sure that the water supply was available for those who are coming as pilgrims. Um there was a there's a water table. There are wells. There's a system to provide water, but you have to dig in and make sure that the, the wells and the cisterns etc. are full. And that was his responsibility. Gavini was the crows. Crows is the crier. He was responsible to waking, for waking people up in the base of Mikdash. He had a very loud voice, a famous loud voice. And he would announce um wake up time as well as other other uh scheduling. Bartunur brings that his specific announcement to get up in the morning was amdu Kohanam La Voda, Kohanam get up for service, la Laduchnan, and ulevim should get onto their um their is like the uh like the bandstand, if you will, like this platform they would stand on and where they would where they would um sing and play music when the tuman was being offered. The Yisrael and Ma'amadan, and as we learn in Mesechas Tynus, and also that there was, um, for the, when the Tamidin were offered, we have to have all the parts of Kla Yisrael, not just Kohanim, but also Levim and Yisraelim, participating, at least symbolically, vicariously, and that was um, the Ma'amad of the Yisrael, so they have to get up and do their thing. So he was announcing that they should get up, etc. That was uh, Genevi's role as the crows. Ben Gever, that was his name, Ben Gever Al-Ne'ilas Sharim. He was in charge of locking up the gates at night and opening them in the morning. In the fifth paragraph of Sukkot, we talk about how the gates would be opened every morning um, and there would be trumpets blasted, trua trua. And um, he was the one who made was the one who announced when that should be, and was in charge of being sure they were open and closed on time. Ben Ve be- Ben Vevi al-Hapakia. Ben Vevi was in charge of the twine, I'll translate it as. Um, so now the basic shot here is, is referring to a whip. And he was responsible um, to make sure that the guards around the base of mikdash complex were awake at night. In the beginning of Masech that there were 24 guarding stations, three manned by Kohanim, 21 manned by Levim. And although the base of mikdash didn't need um, guarding from thieves and so necessarily, but it, it did for the sake of um, conferring sort of cover and honor to the base of Submikdash. And we had guards there, kind of like, you know, changing the guards in front of the the castle in London, the bee feeders and so on. You have these symbolic guards that confer um, pride and dignity. So that was their job and Chas V'shael and they should fall asleep on that job. So he was in charge of making sure they didn't fall asleep and if they did, he would whip them to wake them up. We learn elsewhere that uh, he even sometimes like let lit their, uh, you know, like put the match in their toes and lit their whatever on fire, their matches on fire to get them up. That was his job. Others learn that Pekia is also referring to not the twine, not of the whip, but the twine of the Wicks. And there was a special job to be done, especially um, in Simchas Beit Shvev. We learned also in Maseches the Sukkah they had these um, gigantic menorahs filled with these gigantic fuel reservoirs to make big light for the Simchas Beit Shvev, and they used the worn-out clothing, the economy, and they made wicks out of it, and that would be that role as well. Next, you have Ben Arza Al-Hatzil Alhatziltal. Ben Arza was in charge of the uh, symbols, that's Cym symbols, as in like the two metal plates you to scratch together, so. Um, that is referring to the one in charge of the band. There was a band there in the base of Mikdash, of Kohanim, excuse me, of Luvim, that, that would play music while they would sing the Shir Shaoyom during the pouring of the Nisachim, the wine libation after the offering of the Tamidin, both Shachar and Ben Harbaim. So the musical, um, the conductor there was Benarza, but instead of having a baton to start them off, he had cymbals to crash to get them going. Hugras ben Levi al Hashir. Hugras, the Levite, was in charge of the music, meaning he was the choir master, and he would be the one who would help them, you know, the choir master, head of the choir, because of course, again, Levim are singing during the Nisachayayim, the Shir Shayom, like we say every day, Ayom Yom shlishi that the Shir Shayom they would sing. You note know here that we have a Levi um, doing work explicitly. Certainly, Mordechai from before is from Ben so, you see that these rolls were not all done by Kohanim. But uh, in any case, they were there were jobs in the base that weren't necessary for Kohanim, but I assume many of them were. Base Garmu Lechem Hapanim. The Garmu family were the ones who kind of cornered the market on doing the Lechem Hapanim. Lechem Hapanim were those 12 showbreads that sat on the Shulchan and two stacks and were there like eight days from Shabbos to Shabbos, seven full days, whatever you want to call it. Um, and um, they were quite tricky to make they're very long, Their are large loaves of bread, each one is 10 to long and 5 to wide, but the tricky part was that they folded over on top and then they had on four corners that kind of four horns, if you will, um, that were like seven, I suppose, long, quite long, called seven inches long, doesn't matter, that, that pointed in towards the center cavity and they, even though they were kind of folded over, they stood up and they didn't like collapse in, so that was a tricky business and Bezgar moved, one who knew how to make the lechem properly, so they had that job, and kept in the family. They wouldn't teach other people. That's, that's a mission of the Yama also, Gemara there. Base of Tinas, Almase Katoras. Base of Tinas cornered the market on the manufacture of the Katoras, the pizza makatoras, the incense they use in the base of Mikdash. Half a month in the morning, half an hour, half a month in the afternoon, every day of the year. And they manufactured it. And the reason why they kind of had the corner on that job is because they also were um, privy to a certain. Uh, plant called male ashan and that, that plant mala ashan, ashan means to make the smoke go up and this allowed this, this ingredient could allow for the incense smoke to rise directly up as opposed to sort of go it sideways and cloud and that was considered to be better and nicer and therefore since they didn't share other people what the male ashan was they kept it themselves and therefore they are the ones who did the katoras. Alazar al-Hapirochos. Alazar was in charge of the curtains. In the base of English, there were 13 heavy brocade, gigantic curtains, um, seven on the seven gates around the Azara, and then the other six, one in front of the Ulam, the entrance way to the antechamber, very large one in front of the heichal between the Ulam and the, the Kodesh. That's um, two more. And then the last four were, um, there were a pair of curtains, that were between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kadashim, And there were another pair that were above those. The building, the hegel the structure of the Kodesh Kodashim was actually on two floors. When you learn Mosei HaKadoshim, you see there's a whole upper, upper story there. It was just empty. Nothing happened up there. But to divide between the the upper story of the hegel like directly above the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the lower one, there was also, there was like curtains over there. Um, in the upper story so you have a total of 13 curtains 7 around plus Ulam Hegel and then 4 Kachatashim bottom and top so that gives you to 13 and um, he was in charge Elazut was in charge of maintaining them replacing them they replaced at least 2 every year they were heavy more talks they needed 300 people to wash them um, and there's if they would get you know holes from moths or something etc so they need to be replaced or maintained so he was in charge of that and finally, Ufinchas, alham, sorry, Ufinchas al-Hamalbush. So Pinchas was the clothier in the base of Mikdash. Um, so he made sure the Kohen had what they needed. Um, perhaps he also dressed the Kohen Gadol when he took on and off his gold and plain linen vestments on Yom Kippur. Um, so he was in charge there of, um, of dressing the Kohen Gadol as well as making sure that the clothing that the Kohan needed were provided properly.